Hello, friends. It is December 6th, and you are listening to The Fast Break. As always, I am your host, Drew Ambergy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's been a couple of weeks. It was Thanksgiving. I was traveling back to Washington to go see the family. Um, but I'm back out here in Montana. And frankly, I haven't watched a ton of NBA, I'm not going to lie to you, over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I did tune back in to see the quarterfinals of the play-in tournament, which were awesome, by the way. Four, well, three great games, one not so much. Um, but it was exciting, it was awesome, and we're going to have po- Todd Todd on the pod later in a little bit to talk the quarterfinals of the play-in tournament, which we thoroughly enjoyed. I uh, hope everybody out there got to watch at least a little bit of it. A uh, few, few, few really good games in there. So, um, let's go over the news of the last week or so. One of the big things I personally enjoyed was watching emu, emu, emu. That is a bird animal, emu limu. Know those commercials? The Eastern Mutual Insurance thing. I don't know what it's called. Whatever. Um, no, Ime Udoka kind of going at LeBron. If you didn't see it, he kind of calls out LeBron's bitching, which I think we can all kind of agree is so insanely bad. Um, between him and AD, it's, I swear, every single play. Half the time they're acting like they got shot. The other time they're, the other half of the time they're acting like it was the most egregious foul ever. Um, so it does get a little annoying watching them like that. Um, we will talk about LeBron a little bit later because they were in the quarterfinals of the play-in tournament. Um, but essentially, Udoka said, stop bitching uh, when LeBron's c- c- complaining about a foul. LeBron goes up to him and goes, hey, careful with that. Let's not be using that word so lightly, which is so soft by LeBron. I mean, come, stop bitching. Like, really? That's going to grind your gears? And he's totally gone into a mode of, don't disrespect me. Um, Because he does receive the most disrespect, maybe besides KD, um, for an NBA player we've ever seen on that level. Um, LeBron just kind of grew up in a different era than kind of the old goats. Um, And frankly, he's kind of brought it upon himself uh, to get made fun of, you know. Obviously, the uh, the wordplay with his names, La China, La Bitch, you know, that doesn't help. That makes it real easy to go at him. Um, but, you know, he's he puts himself out there. He's certainly not a quiet star. He loves the attention. Um, he's made some interesting moves career-wise. Uh, so, you know, he gets a fair amount of disrespect, and he, he's very open with people. So people feel like they know him, so that people feel like they can kind of speak on him more so than other stars. And so Ime Adoka, that wasn't it wasn't a personal attack, really. He just kind of said, stop bitching at the refs. Because you're either going to get the call or you're not. Complaining to the refs has never changed a call, really. So there really isn't a reason to do it. I get on Jason Tatum about it, too. It pisses me off. But... Um, and then Udoka basically stood his ground and was like, what are you going to do about it? Stop bitching. Literally, like, what are you going to do about it? Which is right, because LeBron won't do anything. He's never going to hit somebody. 
he's never going to really get that confrontational. He's mostly show, but that's mostly because he's smart. It's not because he couldn't fuck somebody up immediately. I mean, look at him. He's a, he's insane. He would be a great boxer. He would be great at any fighting sport if he <laughs> applied himself to it. But he's smart. He's a family man. He doesn't want to get in a fight. And Udoka called him out on it, rightfully so. He's like, you're not going to do anything and quit complaining. So they both got thrown out of the game. Uh, which is hilarious. It made me miss Ime on the Celtics. Could still use a little bit of that toughness sometimes. Um, certainly has gotten better over the years, but I do miss our coach kind of being a dog as well too. Joe Mazzula kind of, I don't know. Seems like it wasn't fake tough back in the day. Kind of heard that guy's rap sheet. Sounds like he was pretty aggressive, beating people up and whatnot, so... I won't go into that, but uh, Ime's got a little bite in him too. But uh, I think it's cool. The cool thing is is that if you don't know, Ime Adoka is the Houston Rockets head coach. He also coaches a player called Dylan Brooks, who is known, basically known, the reason he has a name is for going at LeBron. Didn't go well. Uh, LeBron destroyed him and the Grizzlies um, last year in the playoffs. So LeBron's winning in the overall um, battle, I would say, between the two. And But it's interesting to have a player and a, a coach that both genuinely do not like a player on a, an opposing team. And they both play in the West, so we'll hopefully get to see uh, Houston and Lakers match up quite a bit. And there seems to be some animosity between a couple teams as well, too. And I'm hoping we start to get some, some actual feuds because it was – Almost too respectful from NBA players right now. I wouldn't mind a little beef. I kind of like the Dylan Brooks, LeBron, Ime Doka beef. I kind of like it. Um, I like the Luka and Devin Booker, Mavs and Suns, um, which looking like we're going to get a rematch of this year in the playoffs. Both teams are playing uh, at least good enough to get <laughs> into the playoffs with decent seeds, so... Um, hopefully we get a rematch of that. They don't like each other at all. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Also, Booker taking a shot at uh, at old DeAndre Ayton, dominating uh, a couple weeks back, saying it's nice to see him play hard. Let's see him do it every game. Kind of a little shot at his effort. So I, I'm hoping we can get back into some good old-fashioned NBA beefs. Um the Celtics kind of used to be a tough, beefy team in 2016, but we got a lot of we got a lot of nice guys besides Marcus. But Marcus is unfortunately on the on the Memphis Grizzlies now, so we'll see. Um, I loved it though, and good for Ime because somebody's got to call LeBron. Okay, one other nugget: Orlando Magic. Since we talked about them on the last pod three weeks ago at this point. Sorry to my faithful listeners. Um, they went from a 500 team. I'm pretty sure they were five and five to 14 and six. So they've gone nine and one in their past 10 games. I said it was gonna. I said they were gonna take off eventually. Um, the Va- the Va- the Wagner the Wagner brothers from Germany, FIBA World Cup champs. I might add. Shout out Dennis Schroeder. Um, have looked really well. 
Uh, Franz is averaging 20. Moe's averaging 13. Um, and then Bancaro has really started to hit from three. He's shooting 44% from behind the arc right now. So he's his stroke is starting to go in. He's averaging 19.5, I believed the last time I checked. Um, Cole Anthony's been playing really well for them as well, too. I like Suggs. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the Magic. They've gone 9-1 and one in their last 10, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, one other random, super random little tidbit. I just like being super random on this opening portion. Just kind of going over the little nuggets I noticed from the last week or so. Uh, P.J. Tucker, who got traded from Philly to the Clippers with James Harden in the Le- in the James Harden trade, um, said that there's not enough basketballs on planet Earth for the L.A. Clippers. Now, he's not wrong, per se. Now, two would help, but you only get one. If that's something he's willing to say out in the open on a... I forget what it was. I don't know if it was a podcast or whatnot, but if he's able to put that out into the media... Imagine the discussions that are being had behind the scenes. I was kind of really shocked to actually hear that from him. Um, I can only imagine there's some tension in the locker room. And the Clippers have played slightly better as of late, but it's not good. I'm a little bit worried. If that's the type of stuff that's coming from, you know, the locker room and whatnot, because they're 9-10 and 10 right now, so they've kind of... Leveled off a little bit. They're playing slightly better basketball. Six and four in their last ten. I know the last time that we had talked, it was right after the James Harden trade. And they had lost their first four games, I believe. So, it's been going a lot better. But I don't like that type of media coming out of the locker room. It's not a great look. Um... Ball distribution is ideally something you should be talking about and handling internally as a team in practice. So I don't, I'm not sure I like P.J. Tucker saying that, even if he's true and the team knows it. I don't know if it's something that necessarily need to come needs to come out. So, yeah, okay, well, there's a few nuggets from around the league. Um, I just kind of want to touch on the overall league as a – as a whole, um, there's a few other things I kind of want to go into as well too. Um, Spurs 0 and 10 in their last 10. Yikes! Uh, looks like those growing pains are coming to fruition. Uh, they look really bad. And then in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Wizards and Pistons. So Pistons are 0 and 10 in their last 10. They've now dropped to 2 and 18. Wow. Um, I wonder if they'll get to double-digit wins. I'm I'm honestly like that's a real concern of mine that they might not get to double-digit wins. I'm sure they will. They'll have a stretch in the dog days where nobody's trying, and they gotta string a few together. Plus, I still like Cade Cunningham, but that's bad. Um, especially with a coach that you know, it's a good good coach. I feel like. Money, but we'll see. 
Um, and Wizards are, at least they're kind of funny. You can watch Jordan Poole go out there and drop 30 on 40 shots and, and uh, do something you've never seen on a basketball court. So at least they got a couple going for them. Uh, we'll see if they'll be willing to move some of those guys. Um, getting t- more towards the trade deadline. Something else we'll talk about in the next pod as the trade deadline comes up on December 15th is guys who might get traded. But, um, yeah, other than that, uh, Bucks are starting to figure out 8-2 and two in their last 10. Magic are 9-1, and one, like I said. Um, so some teams are, are really starting to figure it out here. Um, one thing is the Nuggets have gone 5-5. Five and five. Um, Now that's 90% due to the Jamal Murray injury. But you got to be careful about seeding. Um, they're now two games behind the Timberwolves, who the Timberwolves have beaten the Nuggets. So those things kind of start to come in play. You're not worried about the Nuggets, but, you know, Western Conference Finals, if that Game 7 is on the road, that could, that could come, into, come into effect. Um, Mavs have obviously started to kind of cool off. They're now 4-6 and six in the last 10, 11-8 overall. Um, you kind of expected that, um, given how hot they were starting. I didn't think they were that good of a team. But, um, and then, you know, your Rockets with Ime, who I was just talking about, playing a little bit better. Eight and nine right now, four and six in the last ten. So those, they got a lot of y- good young pieces. So, you know, kind of fitting those together with a great coach and, and Fred Van Bleet. Um, so that's kind of what's going, going on around the NBA. Um, yeah, let's... The point of this pod is to talk about the in-season tournament and the four quarterfinal games that happened, and we will be joined by Todd right after the break. Yo. All right, welcome back. I am joined with Todd Aykroyd, our weekly guest. Todd, how's it going? I mean, I saw you not too long ago for a while, but uh, how have we been since our uh, Apple Cup extravaganza uh been good kind of getting back to regular life was a good holiday um got to spend it with you and your family and see a bunch of friends from college and yeah good to get back uh good to get back on the grind of regular life and uh watching the nba yeah i was uh i was excited to get back to kind of regular life after um you know the 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 events of uh, the events of a couple weekends ago. So, um, <laughs> but uh, let's get back into it. So we're hitting the uh, in season tournament, the first ever knockout rounds of the in season tournament. Um, first game that happened: Pacers versus the Celtics. So Pacers came out on top, one twenty two to one twelve. It was slightly closer than that throughout the entire game. Um, obviously got it kind of away from us at the end. I say us. It got away from the Celtics at the end. Um, it was a nine-point Celtics lead going into halftime. Um, and then the Pacers clearly made some adjustments. They got the game to their pace of play. And frankly, kind of just hit some really great shots uh, throughout the game and at, and at key moments throughout um to take this one in advance um and i gotta give props to the pacers um and especially tyrese halliburton uh he kind of took over it's extremely hard to stay in front of him puts a lot of pressure on the defense 
Um, kind of jumping around there like a little water bug. Um, that was kind of my analogy for him. And, you know, they, frankly, the guys hit some clutch shots. Um, healed, got a good healed game. He had 21. Um, and, yeah, the biggest discrepancy for me um, was Celtics shot 29% from three and the Pacers shot 47% from three. And in today's NBA, if you shoot 20% better from three than another team, you're probably going to win. Uh, so that was the big one for me. And then also 21 free. They also had nine. I was going to say they had nine more free throws yeah. than us. And that just proves that they were more aggressive offensively. I mean, we shot the same number of threes. They just made more. But if they're not falling, you got to get to the free throw line. And we weren't getting to the free throw line either. No, we didn't. I mean, 12 is extremely low. Like, I want Tatum to be getting 8 to 10 a game. Um, so having 12 as a whole team is is just kind of unacceptable. Um, I don't, also the I don't 17 know. turnovers. Yeah, so 17 the turnovers 17. I had written down here as well, too. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's you're just not going to win many games, especially when it's in Indiana and their fans are going nuts and they've got, you know, they're feeding off of that. And it's a young team who's honestly – uh, slightly hungrier for an in-season tournament than the Celtics are. I mean, Carlisle really shortened his bench. I mean, he was basically playing six guys. Um, it, it was pretty crazy. Uh, the Celtics obviously were trotting out a few more guys off the bench from there. So you could tell Carlisle was pushing a little bit harder to win. Uh, I'm not sure if that really changed anything for them. Um, but, yeah, what were we kind of your thoughts? What were kind yeah, of your thoughts on the we, game? If we had Porzingis available, I think we would have been yeah. similarly like with a shorter bench because obviously he'll play 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So then you just have to spread those out between Cornette and Playhouse or some extra and Horford some extra. And you've got, um, yeah, just going deeper into the bench versus Indiana, like you said. What really changed the game to me, I mean, I thought, you know, they played really well. We didn't play well all game, but we were still in it. But when McConnell came in, mm -hmm. he really made some plays that got the crowd going, got the whole bench and the team fired up. He's kind of a kind of a, an emotional leader for them in the sense that he's like been, you know, he's one of their few players that's been in big games, played on the Sixers with Ben Simmons and, mm -hmm. and with um and with Embiid, and he has such a like niche role. And they were even saying, like, you know, on the broadcast prior to the season um, that, you know, him and Carlo had to have, like, a heart-to-heart -heart about, like, hey, you're probably not going to play as much this year because we have this young talent. We want you to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but he's actually just played so well they have to find him minutes. And he played his ass off uh, the other night, and so did Neesmith. And I think this kind of just goes back to the whole idea that, like, the hungry, the hungry team ran – or the hungry dog ran factor in that game. I mean, the Celtics – you know, they are, they have a great record thus far. Their goal isn't to, I mean, their goal is to win every single game, but like their goal is not to, you know, be Indiana in December. Their goal is to, you know, win, win the championship in, in, uh, in June. So this is different, different um, perspectives on the game, I think. Um, and the other thing that kind of concerned me was one without Porzingis, we we don't look nearly as good nearly yeah. as good um especially defensively and then the other thing that's concerning is too 
recently, it seems to me, especially with Porzingis out, Drew has to step up. Drew Holiday has to step up. Um, Because if you look at the two losses against Charlotte and then last, or, and then against Indiana, he played really poorly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Holiday has a tendency to disappear sometimes on the offensive end when we at least need a cool 15 from him every night. Um, Especially with Porzingis out, he dropped nine, which is, we just need a little bit more from him on the offensive end. And, and then only three assists. So, yeah, really, really kind of rough night for Holiday overall. Um, and, frankly, Halliburton was kind of getting to his spots anyway. So, not making a giant impact on the defensive end as well, too. Yeah, it was weird, like, yelling at the t- at the TV at Drew. Like, I, was, I felt like I was talking to you. I was like, oh, <laughs> Drew, what are you doing? I know, like, I know. It's so weird. When I'm, cheering, when I'm cheering for him, I'm like, yes, Drew. I'm like, that's me. All right. I like it. Yeah. I know. I've never been able to really root for a Drew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, no, you're right. Yeah. They're not. Neither have I really. And I've never rooted for a Todd. So that would be weird. Yeah. I mean, Um, I wasn't a Saints fan, so I missed out on Drew Brees. Uh, You weren't an LA Rams fan, so you missed out on Todd Gurley. So, yeah, we're just kind of unfortunate there. And I think it's kind of funny that it's Drew. It's the same exact pronunciation, but it's, it's completely it's a completely different name. <laughs> J R U E. Completely different cultural background to the yeah. name, everything, but it's the a same more urban. exact name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but no, it's weird. We beat them. We beat them by fifty. The last, you know, earlier in the yeah. season when we had a full spread of guys. So, I mean, it just goes to show that, like, you know, any given night in the NBA, if it's falling and one shot and one team's shot's not falling, um, you know, it's it's not going to work out. But one thing I wanted to wrap up with uh, at the uh, with this matchup, Halliburton, you were saying, you know, over text message to me, you're like, oh, like Halliburton's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I liked him, but, you know, I was still thinking, like, I still would prefer to have, like, Jaw or Fox or SGA. But then it really made me think, like, after this game, I was like, where does he rank? Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, people are going to take Steph and Dame over him, but they're towards the back end. But, like, you know, would you have him over LaMelo Ball? Yes. Trey Young? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, Trey Young. It, uh. See, the problem with Trey Young is I would, I would say no. Just because he does have the Eastern Conference Finals run, but that's really kind of like his outlier. Like his average, his mean is. Trey Young is a tough one because the Hawks have been so weird since he got there. Um, Right now, it they're right they're neck and neck to be honest. Like they're really close, and. And I think pretty highly of Trey, I feel like, compared to most people. So that's kind of a compliment to Halliburton. I think in a year or two, it's not going to be a debate at all. It'll be Hall- Halliburton. it'll be Halliburton by a mile. Um, just for the people that didn't watch, he did drop 26, 13, and 10. And I think it was his first triple-double in the league. And also his first time on TNT, which is, you know, kind of the NBA's um, premier partner as far as streaming like great games on Tuesdays and whatnot it's somewhat of a bigger deal um it would just kind of been wild that a player that's you know a rising star like him hasn't been kind of featured 
like most do at some point. Um, cause he's in year four, I think this is the beginning of year four. Um, so yeah, I was really thoroughly impressed by Halliburton. Um, like I was saying, like I got him over deer and Fox right now. Um, I, I think he's a winning player, which is a big difference. Cause like, yeah, he's not going to drop 30 something every night, but he's going to make a lot of winning plays and he's really smart too. Um, and he doesn't turn the ball over, which is, which is awesome. I'm very jealous. What of about him. Jamal Murray? That's a tough one. It's a, it's it's honestly the same exact thing as Trey. We're like they're really neck and neck right now, but Halliburton's ceiling is just so much higher than Murray's. I I think, um, like I I feel like at this point I know what Dejounte Murray is and I know what he's gonna give you. Like Halliburton, there's oh a, I meant Jamal Murray. Oh Jamal Murray. I was like oh, okay yeah, um no. No, Jamal Murray, you got to put respect on the ring. Uh, at least a couple deep runs he's made. Um, no, not 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 at that level yet. I would say Halliburton, when, by the end of the season, I'll say he's probably a top 20 guy. Jamal Murray, yeah. Jamal Murray, well, I think he's closer to that 50. 15 to 10 range. I think he's criminally underrated. And it's mostly because Jokic gets a lot of attention for that team. Um, you know, being the number two, you can kind of be looked at as a number two when realistically, like, you could be a number one on a lot of a lot of teams. Um so that's it's an interesting conversation. That is an interesting the, run. The position is so loaded and you have so many young guys like you know, Chris Paul's, he's, you know, he's phased out at this point. But you have Steph and Dame who are still at the back end, but they're still really good. But then you have Jamal Murray, Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson, Garland, Scoot, Trey mm-hmm. Young, DeJounte Murray, Lamelo Ball, SGA, Ja Morant. I mean, there's just so many young guards right now that are kind of like battling to see who's going to take the mantle for mm-hmm. best point guard, basically. So... Yeah, and it's always weird when they're, you know, this year three, year four, when we're we're comparing them to vets, because it's such a, you know, like, okay, am I ranking them right now? Am I ranking where I think they're going to be in a year or two? Um, But he's he's just been a delight. Um, At at some point, we'll have to go back and take a look at that Halliburton and Sabonis trade. Um, I've been on the side that I think the Kings are going to regret it for the next 15 years. Um, regret it a lot, but we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Um, but it was really Halliburton's kind of coming out party. I hope he has a freaking awesome game against the Bucks and kind of keeps this going. I wouldn't be mad if you want it. Um, but yeah, Halliburton was extremely impressive. A little lucky on some of these shots, um, but but great night overall. And they actually looked like they played a little bit of defense last night. Like that was probably the best yes. defense they played all year, um, and that probably their was court, their court was easily the worst court of the entire oh, yeah. knockout round. It's... I I rate it D tier. It's the worst one out of the ones that were played this week. Oh, it's it's like a it's like a my team my player type design from yeah. like a thirteen year old. It's really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> It's by far the ugliest one. I think there's another one where there's like two different shades of red. Is it the Hawks? 
can't remember. Somebody's got two different shades of red, and it's terrible. Um, but yeah, hopefully they oh, can. It might have been when the, the Celtics played the Bulls, because I kind of remember that with the. I Bulls. thought the Bulls were red and black, and I thought it was kind of good. I can't remember. Oh, maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I was so, just thinking like somebody's like, double red. That were the games that were just this last week, like. Bucks and Knicks, honestly, Milwaukee's court was sick. I thought it was yeah. like cooler than the normal ones. Yeah, I kind of like when they go to that blue. And Celtics the is good. Suns, Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans, because um, the, uh, the home team had their had their uh, had their own court or whatever. And I didn't find those games to have offensive courts. Like I found them B tier. Like they weren't offensive. But watching the Indiana game, along with the fact that the Celtics were just playing awful, I was just like, oh, this is so hard to watch and hard yeah. on the eyes. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't great. Hopefully they can fix that for, like, next year. I don't know. They might they might stick with it a year or two just because they're like, hey, we created a whole new court. We'd like to use it for more than, you know, th- four games. So we'll see. Um but okay, Pacers one twenty two, Celtics one twelve. They are moving on to the semifinals. Um, let's move it over to the West real quick. Let's do Pelicans one twenty seven, Kings one seventeen. Um, right now, Pelicans are in the eighth seed, Kings are in the five seed. So pretty even matchup here. Um, kind of a weird one because the Pelicans outscored the Kings thirty four to twenty five. Um in the second quarter and then all the other quarters, the team, they were all within one point of each other. So besides a 10 point advantage in the second quarter, very, very even game. Obviously you don't think that way as you're going into the fourth, still down 10, it kind of affects the way you guys play. Um, But a couple stats for either team, Brandon Ingram, great night. He's been playing really well. 30 points. Zion, a little bit off. Uh, only dropping 10, 6, and 6. Um, so kind of a bad showing for him. Um, Herb Jones, though, 23, 5, and 5. And he's he's been a really bright spot for them this year. Uh, I think a lot of people are pretty high on Herb Jones. Um, they had 7 blocks. So that kind of just goes to show that as far as size-wise, this is a bad matchup for Sacramento. And that kind of reared its ugly head for them. Um, between Valanchunas... You know, Zion, Brandon Ingram, they got they got a lot of size on that team. Um, and especially with Alvarado kind of being more of a secondary secondary factor. It's a tough matchup for him. Fox, good game though, 30 points on 10 of 25. So not an efficient night, kind of rough for him. Sabonis, like to see him do well. Uh, 26, 13, and 10. So a solid night for him, another triple-double. And then Malik Monk. Uh, 21 points, but that was a lot of the first quarter slash first half and then really cooled off towards the end. So um, there's kind of your stats on that one. Um, I checked in with this one for a little bit. It was mostly towards the end. Uh, Didn't get to see all of it. Um, But Pelicans have been playing better. Zion staying healthy-ish. And the Pelicans win this one by 10 to advance to the semifinals. Any uh, Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, so um, what I took out of it was, one, the Kings jerseys were fire. Yes. I really, really liked their – their. see, they're so hit or miss with the new – like because they, they try to do the new whatever for the in season, but also because Nike just wants to have 
unlimited jerseys to sell mm-hmm. and sometimes they hit and sometimes they just miss super badly but those hit yeah um, the pelicans getting healthy mm-hmm. um, is a big thing uh because you know they've been floating around and you know when they were healthy last year you know pre-injuries they were at the top of the west yeah and you know they had a bunch of injuries happen they still kind of held on made you know playoffs and stuff but um I think, you know, if they get healthy and then Zion can figure out a way to just, you know, he has other guys on his team that are going to need shots. So just because you don't put up 20 doesn't mean you can't, like, impact the game. Like, he could lead the NBA in rebounding if he, like, wanted to. But that's something, like, he's only had two double-doubles all season, which mm-hmm. he's in seven. He's played 18 games, two double doubles for him like that's just not good enough and i get it like they have valanchunas so a lot of times zion's probably like like instead of crashing the boards looking to like get out uh in the in the uh get out on the break and have them outlet to him so that he can finish on the break Mm -hmm. but still i'd like to see him crash the boards more especially on the offensive end um and then my other takeaway is that every player on the pelicans is criminally underrated except for zion who might be one of the most overrated players (laughs) in the nba yeah no nobody talks about brandon ingram nobody talks about herb jones alvarado mccollum's still good yeah mccollum is still good like and he and and he gets his and valanchunas nobody talks about him he is a i mean realistic with with how with how the bigs drop off after the top three in the league, I mean, he's almost. Eh, he's not in that next tier because that's like that. Uh, um, that, that's like that Zion. Um, yeah. Fucking who am I talking about for the Heat? Adebayo, Aiden, Adebayo. Well, who would you rather have, Valanciunas at his number or or DeAndre Aiden at his number? It's like Valanciunas. Really, everything to the table and takes nothing off of the table. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? He's like, like I said, he's in that next tier and a half from yeah. those like big three. And you know, if you can su- surround one of those guys with a bunch of talent, then that's good enough in today's NBA to win win a championship. I mean, the Warriors won one with the Kavon Looney, like you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I totally get what you're saying there, Zion. Yeah. Super overrated, but it's also because we've seen what he can be. Um, it's probably still a little bit of working himself into shape. He's probably partially taking the uh, the Luca approach here. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's obviously been flashes when it's looked really well this season. Um, and then you have nights like this. But with how consistent Brandon Ingram has been, he can have an off night and they can still go beat... Uh, the Kings by 10. And this was in Sacramento, who has a great crowd, as we know, too. So even more props to the Pelicans on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, the Kings, it's it's weird. Because it kind of feels like all this momentum that they had, you know, three quarters through the way last season has kind of dissipated. And now it's kind of like, is this just going to be like an above average team that is kind of in that weird purgatory zone where it's like they're not going to be able to get past the obviously the Nuggets, Warriors. Well, we'll see about the Warriors. I still like think they'll 
round into shape. Um, Warriors, Lakers, um, you know, Clippers, if they ever forget. Thunder, of course. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I would take them over any of those teams right now. Um, so they might be in a really, really awkward spot. Now, they do have trades that can be made. Harrison Barnes is at an awesome level for a trade. I think they should have picks. I don't remember them getting rid of any. But it's really kind of the disappointment of the younger guys. Um, you know, so it, it, it's kind of weird being a Kings fan. And, and like last year going into the playoffs, you're like, okay, what can this team be? Um, but the Sabonis thing has been kind of weird. Um, so Would I, adding Zach Levine help them? No, no, not at all. Um, I think <laughs> I think it would. I, I'm not going to lie. I think it would make them worse. Like I legitimately, like I legitimately think it would make them worse. He doesn't do anything off the ball. He doesn't play defense, and he's. Well, why does everyone think he would be such a good fit with the Lakers? Then he wouldn't. The Lakers just want to add anybody whose name they can recognize. They're all fucking delusional. He should not be. On, <laughs> he should not be on the Lakers. He's not a winning player. Um. Now maybe. It's just that he's in such a gross situation that we know is the Chicago Bulls. But no, I, I, I don't know what the trade is for Sacramento. Um, I just think they were kind of hoping on Davion Mitchell um, making a bigger step. The, the, the move they should have made is to get in a fucking time capsule, go back a year and a half and not trade Tyrese Halliburton. That's the move. Um but we'll see. See, you say that, but I just am not sure that De'Aaron Fox one becomes what he becomes, and I don't think Halliburton does either because they were both struggling to figure out who they were because they each needed the ball. So yeah, I was it. I was in the get rid of Fox boat. Okay, so you're saying like they should have traded Fox for Sabonis? I'm not sure they would have been able to get him, but they. Maybe you never know. You never know. Because um, was the other thing, like they they they, they, they probably really good talent or another really good talent. At least they didn't trade like no. thirty cents on the dollar. No, I get it. It's not. It's not the end of the world. They got a very good player. I'm pro Sabonis. I'm just like I said. I think Halliburton is going to be special. awesome for a really really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Special. Like. I understand. You know. Yeah. Anyway, that's um, a tough one. That's do you a, have? That's, it could go either way. Yeah, and I mean, they got the short-term goal of making the playoffs and ending that drought. And as a Mariners fan, I know sometimes you just really want to end that drought and see your team in the playoffs. So you know what? From that perspective, I do kind of understand. Sometimes that applies to men with women too. You just sometimes you just have to be okay. Slump, with, you know, slump buster. Ending the drought. Yeah. Sometimes you know. Gotta, you know, gotta, gotta take one for the team. Um, do you have any more thoughts on Pelicans Kings? No, but I did want to ask you about how you think that the Pelicans match up against the Lakers because I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, so I, it's really going to depend on what Davis we get. As with everything, as with every game with the Lakers, what version of Davis we get. Um, if you get really good Davis, 
um, then it's going to be a very close game. If you don't get good Davis and he's playing his little soft shit and Valanchunas, who's a man down low, um, can honestly, frankly, kind of bully him, um, then I think the Pelicans are going to have a fairly, fairly easy time with this Lakers team. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I really like this Pelicans team. And it, it's another one with the with the Celtics and Pacers where I just think that, you know, the, Pe- the Pelicans are definitely going to want it. But then there's also the other factor of LeBron definitely wants to win one of these so that he can say he does. Because if, because if in his last three to four years of playing, I don't know how long he's going to last. But in his next three to four years of playing, if he doesn't get one, it will be one of the, like, those slight, slight blemishes on his record, which it shouldn't be, but you know how dumb people are. Um, and I think he kind of wants to go out and win yeah. one. So it depends how much. MJ would have won, won one of those. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so really for me, it just depends on how much does LeBron want to use out of the tank and what Davis we get. Because, I mean, as we know, like, if they, if LeBron's showing up and he's like, look, I want to win whatever trophy I can to add to the resume, and he can get a good performance out of Davis, they should cruise. But we'll see. Um, as, as far as matchups go, um, I mean, they should be able to have some success on the wings. Um, I just think because it's Braun and it's the Lakers, I think, and it's Vegas – I think they're going to show Zion's up. Gonna, Zion's going to take 23 shots. It's not mm. going to be, he's going to have 10 points. Like I think he's, and I want to see it. Like I want to see him go ahead, like toe to toe with Braun. Cause yeah. I think like body type wise, he's kind of the closest thing we've seen to LeBron and mm. he just can't stay in shape. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, Zion could, Zion could go off if LeBron is taking defensive possessions off. Like he does. Um, it, going back to Davis, like you said, like he if he brings it, I mean he certainly did against the Suns. He had twenty seven mm-hmm. and fifteen. Oh yeah, no, he was great. Um, I just didn't like the way that the game ended. Uh, no, ref, yeah, that was that call to LeBron that that timeout when they were clearly like no one had the ball. That was that was kind of yeah. And we could also see that in Vegas, we could say that hey, we want LeBron, we love, we want LeBron in the final here. A little more. We want the Lakers, and they could get a call like that because that was really bad. That ball was loose, and they called a timeout. You can't do that. And then it would have been, they would have been down two with the ball. So then anything could happen. They still had a shot at the end. They were only down three, and had a chance yeah. to tie it with the three. They didn't close out that game very well. Um, but speaking of the Lakers, let's just move on to the next quarterfinal. We got the Lakers versus the Suns. So as we have alluded to the Lakers won 106 Suns 103. Um, so fairly close one there. This was a great game. I loved it. I was glued to the TV um, for a solid five to 10 minute stretch there. in like the fourth quarter, we got vintage LeBron for a minute, which is always fun when he really just decides to turn it on. There was one where he had like a block and then three buckets in a row with a deep three. It was pretty sick. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he was, drove. he was feeling it. He was feeling it. It was like a little bit of playoff atmosphere that we get from him. Um, the Lakers are undefeated in this in-season tournament, which as we just talked about with LeBron, 
probably wanting to add anything he can to the trophy closet. Um, I think this means a lot to him. I think it does. I think he wants to win it. I think he wants to kind of show like, hey, I might not have gotten a ring in the last couple of years. I might not get this one this year because, you know, Denver. At least I can walk away with some hardware this year. You know what I mean? Add every little stack, every little thing he can to the GOAT debate. Um, even though it's not really fair because none of the other guys he's trying to be better than are active players. Um, <laughs> except for like Steph, but Steph's not going to catch him. Well, okay, getting off topic. Um, but uh, the big one in this one for me was, like you said, Anthony Davis, really good game. He had 27 and 15. Um, and the Lakers, the big di- one of the big differences for me was 21 to 8 on offensive boards. So them just getting a lot of second chance opportunities. I know there was a big LeBron three where they got an offensive board. Um, like I said, awesome LeBron night. 31 points on 12 of 25 shooting, eight rebounds, 11 assists. I was hoping he could get the uh, the triple double there as well too. Reeves, 20 points, six rebounds. It's a big shot. Super clutch three there at the end. Reeves is awesome. He kind of he kind. I think that he's a guy that really likes the moment. Um, which is great to have on the Lakers. Um, and they sh- really should be running as much offense as they can through him as well, too. Just because young legs, still, and he's smart, I he's st- good with the ball. I still can't believe that he wasn't offered the max amount of money that he could have been offered this Nobody this matched. Summer. Nobody, by, nobody by matched. a different team. Unreal. Well, just, like- just to make, or not match, but nobody offered him a giant contract just to make the Lakers match. Match that. Yeah. So now they have a super malleable cap situation yeah. instead of having basically just three big players with ba- it's like oh yeah. now Austin Reeves is on an amazing contract. He's on an amazing contract. Like, dude, I was scared that they were gonna flip him at some sort of way. Some, I thought they were gonna get Dame. Like, I thought that they were. Gonna oh yeah, flip no. Him and like do some fuck shit where they end up getting Dame Lillard, but that didn't happen. So. Thank God, because Dame looks fantastic. We'll get to him in a second. Um, imagine Austin Reeves with the Spurs. He'd just be perfect with Wemby and what they're doing and like the way he plays. He would just be perfect on the Spurs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of time. I think he's a pretty versatile player. There's a lot of teams you can kind of shift him into. Um, a few more stats from this one. Um, weird stats because the offensive rebounds and rebounding shows just how this one affected the game because the Suns shot 49% from the field. And 48% from three. Lakers shot 37% from the field, 30% from three. Which, most nights, that's going to be an easy Suns dub. But, 20 turnovers for the Suns. So, really bad with the ball. Um, KD, though, nice night. 31 points of 12 of 17. Seven rebounds, four assists. Book, 21, 11, and six. And then Grayson Allen dropping in a nice 21 points. He was getting pretty wet from three there for a second. Um... Still surprised that he's actually been a pretty good role player in this league. Um, but Lakers moving on. Uh, Suns obviously not fully healthy. I'm not sure how much they care. Like I said, I think it matters a little bit more to LeBron um, and them. So not taking too much away from this. Uh, the Lakers are playing a little bit better right now. Um, and LeBron is certainly hitting his stride as well, too. Um, but Lakers are moving on to the semifinals and they will be matching up against the Pelicans. Todd, anything more from this game from you? 
Yeah, just real quick. The biggest takeaway that I had is that the Suns can't go deep in the playoffs unless no. their entire roster is healthy. Mm-hmm. Unless everybody's healthy and they can play everybody the max amount of minutes, they don't have enough guys. No, they don't. I mean, when you have uh, when Allen uh, Grayson Allen drops twenty one, and Booker's in the twenties, and then Durant's in the tw- and he has thirty one. But you have no Bradley Beal, and then Eric Gordon's off, and then Nurkic is in foul trouble. You're screwed. You're screwed. You can't. You're not deep enough to be able to win. And I think they're really hoping that they're going to end up getting, you know, buyout guys or pick up off the scrap heap and turn them into something. But I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. No, neither do I. And I, I mean, I didn't. I don't love the addition of Beal anyway. But yeah, they're. <coughs> oh Jesus. They're just not a complete roster. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's they they're, no they're, they're, they're very top-heavy. Book has been kind of taking that on. Um, and has played fairly decently at point guard, but that's just not something that that's, that's going to work in the playoffs. Especially if, like, imagine it's like a Celtics-Suns finals. Like, Drew's going to eat him the fuck up. So, um, no. That, that's And that's why everybody kind of saw the ceiling with the Suns. Um, and nobody was necessarily picking them to win, win the title, um, especially in the West with with Denver. Um, so, yeah, they're they're playing some interesting guys a lot of minutes. Like Eric Gordon, like he's still decent, but let's be honest, like he peaked four years ago, and it's <laughs> and it's been almost nothing but downhill since then. I mean, he's been in some weird situations, but it's like I don't know how much he moves the needle really for anybody nowadays um so yeah the sun's i mean we'll we'll just have to wait and see until beal comes back and they can get 20 games together under their belt but um so far that there's a little bit of concern only dropping 103 um okay like i said let's move on to the bucks here uh speaking of lillard good game 28.7 assists um this game was pretty close in the first half uh, it was only a three-point game, but then it got pretty ugly in the second half. Bucks 146, Knicks 122. Uh, Giannis with 35. Beasley dropping in 18. He's been pretty good for him. Um, the big uh, and Middleton with 14 and 7. He's not fully back, but, you know, gives him a nice mid-range option at times. Um, the big one for me is Bucks shooting 60% from three. Yep. On 38 threes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, said it time and time again. You're just going to win when you shoot that well from three. Um, I'll give some props to uh, Randall. 14 of 19 for 41. Uh, he's been he's been playing better. Looks a little, at least a little bit more engaged. Uh, RJ, 23 and 8. Brunson, 24. And then uh, one of the things that kind of, was at their disservice was quickly only giving him uh, a cool seven. And he was having a pretty good start to the year as well, too. Um, main story for me, the threes, Giannis and Lillard looking a little bit better together. Um, still would like a little bit more pick and roll though. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on this one? Yeah. So Dame, um, he's shooting better as of late. He's, mm-hmm. he's been on a tear pretty poorly, mm-hmm. um, but especially in the group play games, he obviously, even earlier in the season when he wasn't shooting that well, during the group play games, he's been shooting well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last two, the last game in group play, and then last, and then the game, the knockout round, he shot the lights out. Yeah. Um, and it just, it was kind of a sign to me that like, holy crap, like, like he, I don't care who we have to defend him in the playoffs. He is so clutch mm-hmm. that like, it's going to be really, really, really scary going against him. I mean, yeah, Giannis is scary, but I would say as far as going against a guard in the NBA, him and Steph are two of the scarier, way scarier than, you know, Brunson or even Butler. Like, Butler, like, he'll go through hot streaks and he can get scary because he's shit-talking, but, like, he also goes through cold streaks. But Dan can just get, like, he can drop 60, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, Dame and Steph are kind of on that level of, really thoroughly just taking over a game and you're absolutely helpless. Sorry. My friend is trying to call me. Um, And you're absolutely helpless, especially, you know, Steph and Dame, when they take over with the way they're able to handle the ball, there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, Jimmy, 35 feet, you're stretching the defense 35 feet from the basket and you're scoring that way. You're not even setting up the offense out there. You're like, hey, this is where the play's happening. And now everything else opens up. Mm-hmm. And it's different when, like, I guess Giannis wants to take over. Because as we've seen in the last few years, you can kind of build that wall against Giannis and find ways to really slow him down. Um, and, of course, you can always just foul him. That's the other thing with Steph and Dame is, like <laughs> – they're, they're going to make their free throw shots as well, too. Yeah. So you can be kind of helpless there. Um, but Giannis, to me, what it showed is this game, he's still better than Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the best player in the conference. And he, I saw this stat, he, of there's only been six times uh, in NBA history that a player's had 30 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and five assists per game through the first 20 games of the season. Jeez. And um, of the six times that that's been done, he's, He's done it three times out of the six. <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable. So he's very good. And then Damian Lillard, he's the second best, or he's the sec- he's the best number two in the NBA. Yeah. I put him ahead of everybody. Um because I would, what I he would... was doing good. Oh yeah. I think it's him and then what are we thinking? Murray? Yeah, or, or AD AD LeBron, whichever one yeah. you think is two. Yeah, I still put Davis two. Yeah, like you know what I mean. No, like, yeah, LeBron's leader. way more. <laughs> yeah, leader and more consistent. Um, but yeah, I think he's the best number two in the league. Like it's not even close. And I think like, like we might get to the playoffs and then when they're like doing what they're doing, it might be like, holy shit. Like this is like a LeBron Dwayne Wade situation. They're, they're one, a one B there's no like number two. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it really feels like they could, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could also say Booker and Kevin Durant, one of those. Yeah. No, yeah, that was, that was a bad omission. Um, they're definitely right up there as well too. Cause you could argue that they're both top, 10 so yeah that could be it but regardless it's it's right there i will say this though i'm just happy that he's on milwaukee 
And if they do beat us and they win, at least I like, for one, I don't mind the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks are like winning. And two, I like Giannis and I root for Giannis and I like their, you know what I mean? I like their Mm -hmm. situation. If he had gone to like Philly or he had gone to Miami or if he had gone to the Lakers, it would have just been such a less enjoyable like experience watching him potentially like make a playoff run, you know? Oh, for sure. Did you see uh, Giannis's interview post game yesterday? No, I didn't. Oh, it's a good one. Everybody should go watch it. He's just he's just really short, and then he also didn't know um, there was a cash prize. They were like, "Yeah, you know, like million dollars or whatever." He goes, "Wow, the rich get richer." <laughs> 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 he's he's such a clown. I love that dude. <laughs> he, he's like, dude, I haven't thought about money in a very long time. Yeah. Like, like well, I make a oh, wow, an extra million. You know, I make fifty of those a year, right? Like, yeah. But still, regardless, he's funny. I do like Giannis. Um, yeah. Okay, so big oh, picture. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who do you think ends up like? You know, because you know you have Pelicans versus Lakers. Bucks versus Pacers. How do you see the matchups going? Okay. Um, Lakers and Pelicans. I've kind of thought about it a little bit. I think I am going to go with the Lakers just because I think LeBron's going to give – LeBron's going to give a shit. And from what we've seen the last – you know, when he's really kind of shifted into this next stage post-2018 when he was still kind of Superman is – it's going to look kind of weird and slow at times, but when he turns it on, it, you still get flashes of that vintage LeBron. And I think he's going to care about this, and I think he's going to get the team to care about this. And if you can get him and AD engaged and putting in effort for a full 38, 40 minutes even, if it's close, close, um, I, think the Le- I think the Lakers take it. And I think we see a really good LeBron performance too. At least I'm hoping. So I'll take. Yeah, I I'll think he's gonna take one. it to heart. I think he will play big. I think Zion will mm-hmm. play big. I think it's gonna be a cool. It's gonna be. It, it'll be interesting. It's kind of like a classic old guard, like Lakers classic franchise, and LeBron mm-hmm. versus like Zion, the young team, and it's the Pelicans who are like the most probably. If you were to pull like random people, <laughs> like our moms might not know. Like what the name of the New Orleans basketball? I think team if is, I know? think if you ask people, like if you told them there's a team called the New Orleans Pelicans, I think like a lot of casuals would ask if it was a joke. Yeah, or not <laughs> even like they might be like, "Oh, is that like their soccer team, or is that like you know, <laughs> yeah. the team that I I don't the sport that I don't watch?" It's like, no, they have an NBA team. Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, really? So, yeah, they used to be the yeah, Jazz. No, made a lot more sense. Sometimes, sometimes I see their tickets on sale, like on SeatGeek. You can go to Pelicans games for like $8. It's that's, crazy. That's actually tight. I would go to a lot of Pelicans games if they were $8 and I lived moderately close. Like that's it's like going to a baseball game. Yeah, know? exactly. It's that's, very it's it's pretty cool. They're um, just so football but, down there. Yeah, they're all about LSU and then the Saints. Um and then what about Milwaukee and uh and Indiana? This one's tough for me cuz it's too very different styles of play. Like the Bucks are fairly slow. They shouldn't be, but they're fairly slow. Um, and then the Pacers obviously have the fastest pace in the league and score the most points in the league. Frankly, I think I, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Pacers. 
I think they got some momentum right now. I this is tough. What do you think? I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go chalk. I think that the I think that uh it's gonna be Bucks versus Lakers. Cause first of all, <laughs> like you were saying earlier with the officials, I don't think the league wants Pelicans Pacers to be the first. Cause then it seems, oh, so this doesn't mean anything. This is like not like the best teams don't win this, like it's irrelevant. These teams aren't very good. What have they ever done? Versus if it's like if it's Bucks, Lakers, and one of those teams wins, then it becomes way a way bigger deal, you know? Oh, for sure. Stay woke. Like they definitely could, you know, completely stay re- stay, <laughs> stay woke. They could totally like rep show this and it could be Lakers box. Because that's obviously the better matchup for the league. But um, I'm gonna take Bucks, the. I'm gonna Pelicans, take the. Bucks, Pelicans would be cool too. I just honestly, I don't want to see the Pacers. Really? Yeah. Well, they beat I the like Celtics. But like, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the young, fast Pacers run by the the Bucks with a bad leg. But uh, <laughs> so I'll go Lakers, Pacers. You go Lakers, Bucks. Pacers or uh, yeah, Lakers, Bucks. Okay. Yeah. And then cool. honestly, I think I think the Bucks. If it is Bucks versus Lakers, I think the Bucks will win it. Yeah, I could definitely. Oh, one second. Yeah, my phone. My phone just died. That's what Todd's coming in on. One second, everybody. Okay, we're back. Sorry, my phone died. I'm a I'm a dumbass, as Chuck Charles Barkley would say. Um. <laughs> Okay, you're going chalk, Lakers, Bucks, and I'm gonna take the Frisky Pacers. Probably a little bit uh, recency bias, just because they beat the Celtics, and I was impressed by them. Um, but okay, folks, those games happen on Thursday, and then we'll have a nice championship on what is it, Saturday? Yeah, to Saturday see, night. See who wins the uh, inaugural in-season tournament. So it's been awesome so far. It's cool to see. Um, I talked a little bit about this, I think, last pod, but uh, it's cool to see the fans like actually kind of show out a little bit more for it. Um, players try a little bit harder. Coaches coaching a little bit harder. Teams. Uh, yeah, I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. Oh, no, it's it's been great. But um, there are some tweaks, and maybe I'll wait and kind of until the end to go over the tweaks I'd like to see. And, of course, they're going to change it a little bit. Um over the years just to see what kind of works. Um, but so far, I think across the board from everybody, a pretty much just resounding success on it, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. So with that, I will bid you adieu. Um, Todd, any, any final comments here for the week? Um, everybody the Steelers to beat the Patriots on Thursday so that the Patriots can get the number one pick. Yeah, what we got here? We got a Trubisky versus uh, Zappi? Bailey Zappi. Holy fuck. That's, <laughs> what, a, what a treat. Um, yeah, go watch that, but also watch... Also, be aware that the in-season tournament games start at 3 oh, on yeah. Thursday, which is really weird. But 3 Pacific? Yes. Alright, well... Four Mountain for my uh, Montana yes. listeners. I don't think they exist. 
<laughs> stay stay posted. But uh, all right, that'll wrap us up. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you, Todd. Um, make sure to like and share with your grandmother so that we blow up. Yes, like and subscribe. Like, like and subscribe. subscribe. Good job. Like. Good job by you, buddy. Good job by you. Yo, I wanna make a meal so I can change and act strange. Get a Andre three.